the Mind Hope Podcast. My name is Charlie McMahon. I'm with Lori Horseman. Lori is um, really the point of origin of the Mind Hope ministry that we are building through Southbrook Church. Lori's story, if you heard it last time, began with her father actually being diagnosed with a form of dementia that that ended in his passing, and then her brother was diagnosed with a different form of dementia. And last time we talked about in What is Normal Aging in episode three, but part one of this talk, what is normal forgetfulness, and then what are some signs that it may have transcended normal forgetfulness? Uh, Lori, a lot of people worry about their memory loss and their thinking, their cognitive abilities. It's taking them longer to do things. They forget to pay a bill. Those you say to review last month are, or last episode, excuse me, are a sign of normal aging. Mm-hmm. Again, reiterate why, why should someone who has experienced some lapses in memory, for example, as I told you earlier, you know, I was distracted and I backed into my garage door, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. That's not a sign of dementia. No. Why, again, to reiterate that? Because we don't want to, we don't want to cause undue fear. No. There's enough fear yeah. and uh, spookiness associated with this subject matter. Give some objective input here into why somebody shouldn't be afraid. Don't ever be afraid because fear is one of those things that's going to cripple you and stifle mm. you also. So understand that it's normal to slow down as you get older. It's normal to take a little bit longer to learn the rules of a game. It's normal to, you know, like I said, forget to pay a bill. But then when you remember that you're supposed to pay it, that tells me you're okay. Yeah. If you remember. It's being able to backtrack in a conversation and pick up that train of thought where you left off. If you have the ability to do that, you're okay. That's what I tell people. Stress is the biggest cause of a lot of this. And it's how you handle your stress and deal with your stress. So if you are a very stressed out person, a worrisome person, somebody who ruminates on things and worries about even worrying, all right, we've Mm. got to deal with that first because that's what's going to cause some of these issues. Depression can bring about some of this too. And what we talked about before, you need to get that depression treated. That's not something that you just live with and say, well, it's what I have. So those types of things can bring about um, lapses in memory, um, forgetting people's names. Now, I always tell people all chemical-based dementias start in the left-hand side of the brain. It's that left lobe. And the left temporal lobe is where your language is stored. It's where you find meaning in words. It's how you communicate. And it is a big red flag if you can't find the words. And that is something we tell you about. But it doesn't automatically mean you have dementia. It can mean you have a form of mild cognitive impairment, which doesn't always lead to dementia. Mild cognitive impairment, we now know, can be completely reversed. Mm. And you have Mm. to work at it to reverse it. It's just like atrophy with the muscles in your body. If you use your brain over and over the exact same way all the time, it's not that it's going to be atrophy, but you're also not strengthening the other parts of your brain. So we see this a lot of times when people retire from a job. Um, like I'm, on a, I'm working with a group of men right now that are retiring out of Denison University, and these group of men are high-functioning, very, very smart in their field, like huge caliber brains. And then within six to nine months, they're seeing these signs of like massive um, memory loss, uh, mild cognitive impairment just jumping up. And it's because they've used this part of their brain consistently for the last 40 years, and now they're not using it that way wow. anymore. So here comes these mild cognitive impairment symptoms. So then what do we do? Well, we could take what we always take, that therapeutic nihilism, and say, well, it is what it is. Take your pill and see you in a year. Or we could brain balance 
and we could figure out, all right, you are really, really good at using this part of your brain, but this part you haven't used so much. Mm. So let's start doing some cognitive drills and some exercises to try to balance that out and make your brain find a new pathway to problem solve. Don't ever stop problem solving. If you decide you want to retire, that's great. I'm not saying you have to work till the day you die, but you have to continue to use your brain. Well, let's let me just, just pause there for a minute and talk about that because uh, I'm I'm hot on the, the trail of a book that is really written for people who are in halftime or beyond. Um, I mentioned it last weekend in when I was teaching at church, and that is Arthur C. Brooks' new book. Or not, it's not new. It's actually been out a few years. Strength to Strength in which he gives instruction on why you have to make shifts in the second half of life. And you and I didn't get a chance to talk about this pre-recording today, but it's so connected to what you're talking about. I'm very curious what your take on this would be. He said there are two types of intelligences, fluid intelligence and crystallized intelligence. And the fluid intelligence is problem solving, Mm -hmm. innovation, creativity, And the reason he says, and this is really interesting in light of what you just said, the reason that most innovations in Silicon Valley happen in people in their 20s and 30s is that's when your fluid intelligence is at its peak. But it actually starts waning, he says, earlier than we think, which is interesting in light of what you said of how you have to intercept that. Because it, you know, his point is, is those of us like in my position trying to solve the problems of the church and the future mm-hmm. in a new world, I'm struggling with that. His assessment would be there's a reason for that is you're past your prime with fluid intelligence. What I have to offer is crystallized intelligence, which is you can imagine crystallizing all my experiences right. to teach. Here's what I have to offer. So that's why I think that myself, Eric, Fleming, we're effective in players' boxes because we're doing crystallized intelligence application. We're, we're taking our experiences as players, as coaches, as parents, and we're saying, here, learn from us. What I hear you saying there is something that I think is critical for people in my age group. I'm making a shift to really leveraging my crystallized intelligence and trying to gradually back out of the fluid intelligence responsibility of coming up with solutions to the 21st right. century church's problems. What you would say on that is what I'm hearing you saying, correct me if I'm wrong, don't do away with it though. No. What does that mean in practical terms? So you take somebody like those guys at Denison, myself, what I hear you saying is you got to find other ways to solve problems. What is that? Okay. So when we do brain training with you, Let's say you have always been really, really good at um, problem solving with words. You you can find, I'm gonna break it all the way down to like games because that seems what people understand. So let's say you're really good at finding words in a, like a crossword or a word find and you can, those patterns jump out at you and you see that. So you're really, really strong on that side of your brain because maybe that's something that you've always looked for in your job. Mm-hmm. You look for patterns, you look for that type of stuff. Which is what I do. That, that, okay. that, that describes what I do. So you are going to be very, very strong on that left lobe, but then how are you on your analytical and analyzing something at stepping back or maybe on the creative side, on the right side of your brain at looking at a pattern in art and then trying to find that same type of using that left left side of that pattern, can you do it when you're looking at a piece of artwork? Can you do it when you're looking at that? Like There are games that are written and puzzles that are written from a man's point of view for a woman to try to solve because we use our brains very differently. Yeah. Yeah. And there are puzzles written from a woman's point of view for a man to try and solve. Mm. 
It's trying to use your brain in a different way, rewiring it, creating new neural pathways to solve that same issue, but using a different part of your brain to bring it in. You do this. We do this all the time with people who are stroke patients. We retrain right, their right, brain. Right. It's like, okay, yes, you're still going to use your right hand, but I'm going to use a different part of your brain to get you to use your right hand. Mm -hmm. and it's going to be tough at first because your brain has to create new neural pathways. And it really will give you a headache when you're doing this mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because your brain's like, okay, that's enough. It's, I'm struggling too much up here. So then you back out a little bit. But then if I teach you how to brain balance and problem solve and look at things differently, um, you're going to create a new, if you will, fluid to how you're going to do this. But you have to use that crystallized intelligence to figure out how to create that fluid pattern. Okay, okay, yeah, it makes sense. I hope you hear that as a listener, because I think, you know, for example, for me, the easy thing to do would be to say, I'm just moving into crystallized intelligence application and I'm forgetting that. And I think that's where that interception no. that you're talking about, it's not just critical for my usefulness and for my profession, but what your listener needs to hear is it's useful for the health of your brain. Your brain. You can't stop using that part. Mm -hmm. It's just like a muscle. When the brain, when that right hemisphere isn't used, it starts. Right. Oh, well, I guess we're not used. And the brain shuts right. that part of the, the building down. Right. And if you're a right-handed person, you're left brain strong. Mm -hmm. And all dementias start on the left-hand side. So if all chem chemical-based dementia, so if that chemical-based dementia is eating away at that left side, then we really have to pound away. I'm maintaining that left side, but we have to wake up the right side now to come yeah. in and help that left side. Yeah. And that's what we do. We get those two halves of the brains to start working and talking to each other. And you, so you're not doing away with creative solving and problem solving that you did in your youth. I'm going to wake it back up in you and help you to do this. And it's not something that we like to do. We like the path of least resistance. Mm -hmm. And our brain, you know, it's lazy. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't want we to like, work hard. We like it, the it, win and we want it to be easy. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. when I start to challenge you in these brain boot camps, people are like, I don't like this. And I'm like, that's why we're going to do it. Mm -hmm. No different if I had you go to the gym, Charlie, and a personal trainer is going to put you through all your paces and you're like okay so now you love doing push-ups you love doing squats and then it comes time like show me how many sit-ups you can do like oh i don't like doing sit-ups well we're going to still do them. that's why yeah, that's right you need to do and them. that's the one you're going to focus on yeah. then because your weakest muscle is the one we have to develop yeah. i yeah. can't just let you do bicep curls all day long and say that's a workout i have to balance everything out what take your let's take your engineer guy because dayton is full of them <laughs> who is so living in their left brain all the time what do they need to do for their right brain. You need to step out of that just a little bit and you're going to go over to the creative side of your brain, the right side of your brain, where music and art and feelings, that, that part that they don't want mm -hmm. to tap into. So music can be... Music is, yes. Mm -hmm. Music, creativity types, um, the what my husband would call the artsy fartsy stuff, because he's that he is that engineer. That <laughs> oh, is I know. I, I was thinking of him, and I I hope he hears this. So I was I thinking of him like, when I brought that I up. Like, okay, we're gonna broaden and expand your horizons, and I can see his eyes rolling now. But it's like we're going over there. We're gonna we're gonna dive into the feelings and the why, and he hates that yeah. part. But that's where you need to go. That's where that journaling becomes really important, like yeah, we talked about. Yeah. Because this is where you have to like go over to this side of your brain. Everything cannot be just stored in a box. Sometimes you gotta do the messy parts yeah, and yeah. just kind of swim around in that yeah. for a minute. So that's when we take you over there and we have you do the artistic type of creative stuff. Well, what about someone who they live in that right side of the brain? They're, they're, maybe their calling is art and mm -hmm. development and creativity, innovation, ideation. What would you tell them 
that they need to do for their left side of their brain. I have a couple that I'm working with right now. I bring them back over to the left, and we do a lot of computation, analytical hmm. problems, so solving math. 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 Yep. And they hate it. <laughs> and it's like <laughs> there are rules in math. A plus B must equal C. And they're like, I don't like this. And I'm like, oh, we're going to keep doing so it. Oh, that's so good. So we bring them over where everything is structured and organized, and they're like, ugh. Like, my, nope. my mother-in-law, Dixie, is 80, 81, and she does all these math games on her on her phone. She just loves doing them. And, and uh, she was never good at math. But she's loving this. And I, I, Dixie, that is so healthy for you that you're doing this. And she didn't do it because she heard the Mind po- 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 podcast. Is She's doing it because she just like, you know, I think I need to do that. I mean, she yeah. probably heard it on some show or something. But it's so good for her, isn't it? Yeah. So mild cognitive impairment, MCI, that is somewhat normal. It it can lead to Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. but it doesn't necessarily. No. That includes losing things, forgetting words. Uh, you have trouble with some word usage. Mm-hmm. Um, but if so, one of the things that you note is you you say if you sense that you have MCI, don't panic. Visit your doctor. How often? How often should you visit your doctor to? To keep, get some baseline data on your memory and your cognitive function. Now, this is where you're going to have to come armed with what you want. And what you're going to ask your doctor for is a baseline cognitive scan. You want to have a baseline cognitive test done. So it's no different than, like, you know, women, we have our mammograms done. So that's our baseline. So that way, if we know something's wrong, they have that to compare it to. So I always tell people, 45 and up, go get a baseline cognitive test done. Just ask mm-hmm. your doctor for this. It's not a mini mental exam. It's not what it is. It's basically they um, ask you a series of questions, and you have to verbally answer them so that they can see how you, compute, how you um, process. That's going to give you a score. And then from there, we're going to know whether or not you're going up or going down. Okay. So if you've never had that done, we got to start with that first. And then the doctor's going to ask you, and he should ask you, a series of questions about your mental health history. Is there any depression that we need to take care of? Because untreated depression will lead to Alzheimer's mm-hmm. and dementia if you don't take care of that. Um, you'll have unerasable PTSD that we have to deal with. So get that taken care of. Then he's gonna, he should ask you about your lifestyle, and we start cleaning some stuff up. Are you on too many medications? I mean, is everybody talking to each other for all these medications that you're on? Mm-hmm. Clean that up. And then are you leading an active lifestyle or a sedentary lifestyle? So he's going to start to look in that. So... But if your doctor says you're old, what do you expect? Please find another doctor because that should never be the answer. Yeah. So are you talking about a, a general practitioner or are you talking about someone who is a neuropsychiatrist? What, what? Usually your general practitioner um, can send you. Now, he's not going to be able to give you these tests. He can't. Okay. He should send you to a neurologist or a neurologist should then send you to a speech pathologist. Speech okay. pathologies speak dementia. They understand that brain better than anybody. When it comes to... When we talk to students about their mental, emotional health, we, we use the cliff analogy, and there's one, and we put an ambulance at the bottom of the cliff, and we put a fence at the top, and we tell them, listen, if you need an ambulance, we'll help you get to that. That's not our role. Our role is to be the fence at the top of the cliff because we believe one thing better than the ambulance at the bottom. It's the fence at the top. All of these things you're saying are fence strategies, correct? Mm-hmm. Right. Because... Once you start that slide, is there a, similar to a gravitational pull of going down a cliff? Right. Is there a gravitational pull downward once you start that slide? And the hearer right now to our podcast needs to hear this and just start doing the little things like you have Eric doing mm-hmm. with, my, you know, uh, games on mm-hmm. his phone, that, that sort of thing. 
when you start sliding, it's harder to get your footing and it's harder to pull yourself back up. Um, but what we do know about dementia is it's preventative. It's you have to do the preventative part of it. You, if you're already in the throes, so of someone in their twenties right now, yes, should already, yeah, hear, hear you're, you're okay. not you're not immune to this disease just because you're in your twenties. This is like I said, it's not an old person's disease. We're learning this. Um, you know, you have to socialize with your friends. You have to be a part of things. You cannot isolate off. You cannot just self-medicate and think, well, this is just what it is and I'll deal with it. You have to be proactive in your brain health. Okay. So with that, so as we know that, that this, it seems to be a societal epidemic with anxiety and depression. So we, we, on this podcast and in this ministry, we're going to have to deal with this head on. When, when we talk about that as, as, uh, I cannot recall, I don't believe we talked about it on episodes one and two, but I, if I did, I'll reiterate it here. Dr. Leaf's findings that you heartily agree with, that from a neuropathic standpoint, depression is not an illness. Mm-mm. It is our body sending a message. Our, mm-hmm. She says our story is trying to come out and the danger of how quickly we heavily medicate. Mm-hmm. is then it doesn't allow for the processing of the actual trauma that's trying to come out of the body. Mm-hmm. Not the mind. The memories are in the cells of the body. Right, it's in your DNA. It, it is in your DNA. And I, I, when our last, we have three minutes, one of the things is the story of Christ inter, interacting with our lives. We're going to get to where we, we actually unpack 2 Corinthians 12, where the Apostle Paul says, let's take every thought captive and make it obedience to Christ. We don't wage war with the weapons of this world, but we wage war with a spiritual weaponry. And I want to end getting your take as a Christ follower, as a dementia care practitioner and preventer, the ability to, to come to grips with your story, honestly is so critical, isn't it? And I, and I, boy, when she said that, I was, uh, I actually listened to her new book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess. And she's a Christ follower. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. When she said that, I was like, oh my gosh, do I know that that's true. Mm-hmm. That this quick medication is numbing the reality of the story that's trying to come out. As someone who's been through, you went through amazing amounts of pain with what your dad happened, what happened to him, and then the, the, the family dynamics that get yeah. di- disrupted and the family dynamics that show up yep. under that duress. Yep. Our listener today, you have a chance to beg them in regard to that dynamic of, yeah, we know that, that you're having anxiety and depression, and we know that's, that is eventually connected to forms of dementia, so let's do something about it now. What would you tell them from your relationship with Christ's point of view about coming to grips with your story? Grace and there's a reason that you're going through all of this. And if you keep trying to put your head in the sand and numb it, it's going to keep coming back. Mm. It doesn't go away, does it? No, it it? doesn't go away. It it manifests itself and it basically starts to fester and take on a whole new life. Stop and turn around and face it. Face the giants. Face it. Face them down. And if you need help, get that help you need. You know, talk to somebody. Talk therapy is great. Journaling is great. Get the tools you need to face these giants. 
but don't act like you can medicate it and it'll just all go away. So I want to, I want to hit that because I just coming from you and I, I, you know, you hear that. I remember hearing a, a, a counselor say one time that the, your story goes in and then it, and then it plans this insurrection that mm-hmm. comes out sideways and it comes out various ways. So I know we have pastoral counseling available. We have hundreds of trained pastoral counselors. They're not psychotherapists. But they are counselors that they are trained to let your story come out. Is essentially right. it, right? They're not they're not here to be giving glib answers to complex domestic problems and emotional problems, but they they are trained in, you know, in Proverbs it says that that the well of a person runs deep, but a wise man can bring it out. Mm-hmm. You know, that we have to have people who bring out the stuff that's down there deep in our well. And uh, what has been your personal work and your walk with Christ, knowing what you know about the integration of the memory, trauma, the body, the mind, what has been for you most helpful for Lori Horseman? Wow. It's looking at everything God gave me. And we talked about this once before, that everything you're given, he's going to use this for some reason down the road. Yes, yes. Nothing it's is not just, wasted. There's is it? nothing wasted. Nothing. None of this pain. None of these emotions. None of these feelings are wasted. They're going to be used down the road to help somebody else. And I found that in helping other people, I'm helping myself. It's like it's amazing. Like I can do for somebody else what I can't do for myself. And in the process of doing for them, I'm healing myself. Yeah. So just face it down. I mean, if there's giants that you think are too big for you to take on, get the help. Ask yeah. for help. Because oftentimes we think that that's a weakness and that's how I treated it. Like I was supposed to be able to do it all on my own and not ask for help. And that's wrong because God did not make us individual islands. He made us to be social creatures. And what I have to help you, you might not even know I can do it until you ask me. And I don't know what, it, what you need until you ask. So even if you don't know what to ask for, just say, I'm waving the white flag. I need some help. And it's so there. It's there. Arthur C. Brooks in, in Strength to Strength talks about aspens, the tree. Their roots run very, very shallow, but they're interconnected. So an aspen tree is actually not accurate. They are an organism. The trees are a connected yeah. organism. And, of course, they hold each other up when the wind blows. That's and what we're uh, supposed to do. That's what we're supposed to do. And so Southbrook.org, you can contact us. Um, if you need a f- to make a phone call, 937-435-9966 is our number. And you can get some pastoral counseling to begin the journey. It's, it's, a, it's, a big, it's probably one of the most courageous things people will do, isn't it? Is that first step toward... It's the hardest thing you'll ever do. It is. It is the hardest thing. Because you're stepping off on a cliff hoping somebody's going to catch you. Yeah, that's right. Well, thank you, Lori. And uh, we're really really glad you're along with us. We are in the throes right now of a long-term plan with, for example, establishing a boot camp at a brain boot camp at Southbrook. And so make sure you keep tuning into future podcasts as we unpack the development of mind, hope and taking captive every thought and bringing it to Christ is, uh, is the way. So thank you. And until next time, my name's Charlie and that's Lori. Lori.